Can the automakers make a car that gets over 100 miles per gallon consistently, consistently without breaking the bank? Yes, all that and more on the next episode of the Coffee Sessions Podcast. So stay tuned. Don't go away. Hey, what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Coffee Sessions Podcast. I am, of course, your humble host, Stephen A. Davidson, and uh, I've got my New England coffee, breakfast blend, black, nothing in it. Cheers. It's 10.20 a.m. here in southwest Virginia. It's a cold 38 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh... We got about a 14 mile an hour wind with a roughly about 22 mile per hour gust. And today's going to be a little bit of a fun episode. And it has been done. And uh, one of the questions people often ask is can the automakers build a car that gets 100 miles per gallon? Yes, and it has been done. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now Google Honda. Touring. I don't think they made a production run of it or anything, but I think they just built it for uh, the Guinness Book of World Records. It was around, I'm going to say around 2008 or nine, give or take, somewhere around in there. And uh, Honda built, took a Civic and tuned it up and whatnot, and put a diesel engine in there. I don't know the specs and whatnot. And they was doing this specifically for the Guinness Book of Records. They did it. They broke the record. 200 miles per gallon, I believe. But uh, one of the questions that gets asked a lot is, how can they build one at affordable price that gets that kind of mileage and yet still hang with traffic and whatnot? I think it's pretty easy to do. and You just simply uh, need to do a few things differently, so... Okay, I've got my notes ready to go and uh, whatnot, so let me go ahead and find it here real quick. I'm going to introduce you guys to Max. Say hello to Max, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty cool, huh? Alright, they got a chassis over in the UK area called Lotus 7. They actually call it low cost because it don't cost nothing to build, basically, or used to not to. But uh, going back to my notes here, keeping it simple, there are two major reasons Max get met its 100 mile per hour, go, 100 mile per gallon go. First, it's guiding design was to keep it simple. Uh, the owner wanted Max to be small and lightweight, which I can totally respect, and it had to be streamlined. So he chose an efficient engine with the least amount of horsepower needed. Second, Max does not reinvent the wheel. In other words, he's using something else that's already been done and whatnot that you can easily do over and over again. 
By the way, if you're listening, all you automakers out there, Toyota, General Motors, uh, Ford Motor Company, Chrysler, Fiat, all of you, Nissan, Mazda, Isuzu, every one of you, this is a call to action. Do this instead of that uh, electric vehicle BS, because that electric vehicle BS ain't ready yet. You, you're putting a cart before the mule, in my opinion. But anyway... The uh, Max uses what is called the low-cost chassis, which I just talked about. And a 32-horsepower Kubota diesel engine. He got that uh, out of one of those industrial-sized zero-turn mowers, which are pretty damn fast. And he used the running gear of a Toyota Corolla, uh, which is the transmission, axles, and brakes, which is pretty easy to do. That was one step he did. The last few miles per gallon that took Max to 100 miles per gallon was he took lots of attention to detail and optimization. He went with Goodyear Fuel Max tires. I don't know if you can still get those or not, but uh, which have reduced rolling resistance. Uh, he went with Drag DR9 wheels. For those tires, which are lightweight and decrease rotational inertia. And he went with Lucas Synthetic Lubricants, which minimize engine, transmission, and wheel bearing drag. Which is a good thing. And he switched out all of the incandescent lights, including the headlights, for truck light LEDs. And he covered most of the radiator inlet, air inlet, with duct tape. The clincher was streamlining the belly mounting by mounting. He took a thin piece of plywood and from the uh, cockpit on back to the back, to the trunk area, he put a piece of plywood on the bottom of the car to help keep the air underneath it. Now, air can still go into a certain point around the engine area, but that's where it stops. And it has to go out underneath the car. And that brought the max to the 100 mile per gallon go. Okay, and I showed you guys a picture of max. Now, this is where it gets interesting. As he mentioned, he uses the running gear of a Toyota Corolla, which is the brakes, the transmission, and the rear axle setup. And you can get a quick ratio steering, pretty reasonable for a T-bucket for the front if you need to. And it, no power steering or anything, but it's really fast. If you ever had quick ratio steering, manual steering, you'd know what I'm talking about. Boom, you're there. And uh, he used this Garmin GPS with a speed speedometer. For his uh, console, and there's you see the engine controls and the transmission shifter. Pretty neat, pretty simple. That's really about all you need. Only thing I can see you doing other than that would be heat and air conditioning. Because when you get old like me, you, you, you can't handle certain things anymore. And uh, here's a shot at the engine it's a four cylinder Kubota diesel motor. D1105-TE, 
1.1 liter. And he says it got it out of a large industrial size Toro zero turn lawnmower. It is a real master 54D. I think that's the kind that they use on a golf cart, golf course with the big, huge reels. So here's a shot at the motor he used. Pretty cool. Now, there have been other devices out there. A uh, guy by the name of Tom Ogle, who had a system that got 100 miles per gallon. He did it in front of the press. He emptied out the gas tanks and put exactly two gallons in there. And uh, full-blown measured, and he got man managed to get 200 miles out of those two gallons. So... He's done well, and unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Uh, apparently, he was supposedly overdosed somewhere down in Texas where he got interviewed for that. Then there's Pogue, who got threatened a lot and whatnot. He had a 100-mile-per-hour carburetor. Pogue carburetor. P-O-G-U-E. Pogue carburetor. Look that up. He, uh, basically what those two systems did was it would heat up the fuel and it would vaporize it and, inge and directly inject the vapors directly into the combustion chamber. That's kind of hard to do with gasoline, but it ain't too hard to do with diesel. So there's a place you could start. And like the builder said, you don't have to change the tooling or anything like that for you automakers out there. All you really need is a diesel engine and a way of mounting that diesel engine and a vaporization system that directs the directly injects the vapor into the combustion chamber. And uh, that's all you really need. And uh, you can put that in a press, uh, Corolla, whatever you're running that day, and uh, go from there. Electric vehicles are not feasible, folks. There's not enough charging stations, and from what I've heard, the adapter for the Tesla charging stations that comes with it for other plug-in hybrids, such as the Toyota Prius, Corolla, and, uh, Nissan Leaf, and all these other manufacturers, has not been working well. And somebody sent me a picture of a Tesla, a field of Tesla chargers flooded. Now, how are you going to charge your Tesla if it's flooded like that? You get in some place like Florida or Mississippi or Louisiana where they're prone to flooding, you're screwed. You, there's no way you can charge that in a pile of water. It's not possible. So my question to you guys that want this Green New Deal to go through, how, how are you going to get the components when you have to mine the stuff to do it? To me, you need to work on the hybrids. That's the technology we need to look at first. Work on the battery first before you start working on a full-blown electric vehicle. And another thing you could do is figure out how you could charge the motor and keep it going, electric motor going, with an internal combustion engine when the battery's low. I applaud Toyota Prius for having the regenerative braking. Now, what regenerative braking does 
is that every time you push the brakes, it activates a generator that charges the batteries. To me, the greatest, there was two vehicles that succeed in this uh, hybrid technology getting extreme miles. And that would be the Toyota Prius and the now defunct Chevy Volt which was a Chevrolet Cruze that was electrified, but unlike the uh, regular Cruze, it had an electric motor and the internal combustion engine charged the batteries and kept the electric motor going while the batteries were charging. It was used as a generator instead of the usual internal combustion engine standard setup. So that was different. With that being said, that's my take on the electric vehicles and how you can fix it. And there's also other forms of uh, stuff out there that you can check into. So with that being said, thank you for watching. And I will see you guys again for another episode real soon. Take care and God bless. Later.